Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backward. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to 10 Backward, a Star Trek podcast based here in the UK, featuring myself, Will Turland, this lady, Gemma Turland. Hello. Another man, Rick Everson. Hello. And another man, Rick Palmer. Hola, mi amigos. (laughs) And uh, we're here today to talk to you about Star Trek. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the Enterprise finale. Or should I say finales? Uh, because we're going to debate whether the uh, whether the actual finale, the episode called "These Are the Voyages," which finished season four, uh, really is is it should be considered the finale. Yeah, or whether the two preceding episodes, um, "Demons" and "Terra Prime," are actually a, a better finale. Because mm-hmm. I suppose. So it's it's fair to say that uh, these are the voyages, and it, it's not a well-regarded Enterprise episode, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, know, Rick <laughs> Prime. You, uh, I mean, Rick Everson. Sorry, <laughs> you... using your pet name for it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> trying to give that away. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, what was I saying? Rick Everson doesn't like it. Yeah, Rick Everson doesn't like, doesn't like it. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, we'll get more into it later. But ultimately, I think it was a bit of a disservice to essentially hijack the Enterprise finale into a weird sort of mini Next Gen reunion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's from that... someone who's quite well known as being a massive Riker fan. That I was disappointed to see Riker in this, ultimately. So. Mm. Ah, t- typical Star Trek fan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like what he Never wants. Happy. <laughs> but it, but it's not. Um, it, it's an opinion that's that's shared by a lot of fans, I think. And actually, the um, creators and producers of the show over the years have have said, have talked about their disappointment with that episode as a finale, haven't they? Mm. Um, in fact, when we were at, we all went to um, Destination Star Trek. Um, last year and there was a panel with um uh, two guys from enterprise um trip and um uh, the other guy <laughs> reed reed. reed yes yeah um and they that they they had a question asked about how they felt about the the finale and and it seems like that that comes up fairly often yeah um yeah and they said they didn't didn't care for it a few a few years back um those same two were doing a panel at another destination i think in 2016 and it was be that that panel was an enterprise panel was moderated by garrett wong who's harry kim on voyager Mm -hmm. and someone in the audience was asked what their question was and they they literally asked a voyager question of garrett Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and he's he's there quite embarrassed he's like oh Right. Okay. Appreciate that, but this is a this is an enterprise panel. Um, have you got a question for these guys from Enterprise? And um, Dominic Keating, who plays Reed, just stood up in mock outrage, threw his mic to the floor, and says, "It's just like the bloody finale all over again." 
Um, I mean, there are. I see pretty regular. It's a pretty regular subject that Star Trek fans talk about on Twitter about what what shows you would like to see more of. I think, and I think people want to see more of Enterprise if they could, because mm. it didn't get that that kind of proper ending. Yeah. So if it was like, if it feels like it's kind of is it that that's the show where. We didn't get to see the end of the story. There's, there's still, there's still something there left to tell. Yeah, yeah, because it's the only Star Trek series that, that well, I suppose apart from the original series that had been cancelled, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So yeah. it's very much cut short. And there's always rumours about what the plans for the fifth season would have been. Well, it's um. I mean, it's, 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 it differs from the original series, and it did at least get a finale, which um, the original mm. didn't. The original just stopped, ultimately. Mm. Um, and so at least Enterprise had enough warning they could put something together. So they were at least slightly more... So just a shame that what they put together was kind of not really... didn't really live up to what it could have been. No, no. Um, but this is often held that some people say that Demons and Terror Prime... Uh, a far better story and more suited to be in the finale. Um, yeah, and and maybe brings the series to a close in a much more in a in a way that's more in keeping with the ideas of that series than mm. the actual finale mm. did. But um, so it's it, for this episode we were thinking we should maybe we should talk a bit about what what we think makes a good season finale in TV. Um, and and then trying to think about you know what were the successes and failures of of Enterprise. Do you mean a, um, a finale in terms of that ends it ends the show once and for all? Yeah, yeah. Because I think they they knew that the fourth season was going to be the last um, when they were going into production on these last few episodes, didn't they? So they mm-hmm. they they were aware that they would they were creating a. A finale. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of a few good and bad finales over the years. The best, uh, the best series finale I can think of actually is is All Good Things, mm. the TNG finale. I think that was that was brilliant. It is, although against what Rick said, it doesn't necessarily end it once and for all because it very deliberately left things open for movies. Yeah, yeah that's true. I think I meant just sort of ends the TV show. Mm. Or, or, or you know, is a is a kind of a definitive end point, rather than well, I, a, rather than a finale of a se- of a particular season, for example, because you have season yeah. finales, don't you? Oh yeah, yeah. And then... I think I think that is a for me that is a good finale that does mm. not have a definitive end point. It tie, it'll tie up some storylines, but it's it gives a sense that the story continues. Yes. Even after the yeah, program yeah. continues, yeah. those people still go on, mm. you know. And I yeah. think you, you had that in Demons and Terra Prime, because it wasn't the because it in in the finale it was the sense that they were packing up the ship and everything was ending. Yeah, but that was one of the beautiful thing. One of the beautiful things about the two parter that it was. It had a finality, but it their story was going to continue. Yeah, yeah, and that that's definitely the 
what I think um, all good things one of its great strengths was that it mm. that yeah that it that it did that that it didn't finish the show it it reflected on what had happened over the seven seasons mm. and it kind of brought everything into focus and and gave us a pretty emotional uh kind of farewell and a really good character story um, and um, yeah one thing i would say is that the story in and um, these are the voyages the, the 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 events that Riker and Troy mostly Riker witness that would have been a good finale without the holodeck thing because mm. Shran's in that and we don't get yeah. Shran we don't get Shran in Terra Prime mm. and Demons apparently he was going to be the Andorian representative initially but they changed that around I think so yeah, yeah. I mean I have to I mean I I'm not on on rewatching Demons and Terra Prime. I'm I I didn't think they were they were they were okay. They were all right, and I I think that clearly in, in those episodes, um, a lot is done to kind of preserve the concept of what will become the Federation, and that's important. And that's kind of what you know Enterprise was about. It was about that time period prior to the Federation and the events that lead up to the forming of that so in that way i think it i think it serves a better job as a finale than than mm, yeah these are the voyages but in terms of those episodes themselves i i just feel like there's not a lot of we don't get a lot of time with those characters i don't think they i think a finale should i don't know i mean all good things doesn't really do that i suppose but but if i wanted a finale i would want something that gave each character a bit of time something important to do mm. And and we could leave them in that series knowing that they were at a point where where we'd we were leaving them in a good place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's and- interesting. Actually, I, I think all good things does does do some some really good character work. Um, and I I think I think you're right. I think I think the the characters <laughs> we've spent time with over the course of the of the series that that's absolutely the. Like we we want to we want to be with those characters mm. at the end and know what what their personal story ends up being. Yeah, but I think all good things does a pretty good job of that actually. Yeah, I think the time travel mechanic of jumping into the characters' pasts and then seeing what their futures are like, even though it's very Picard focused, I still feel like we we do get some other some good character stuff with some of the other characters. Like Crusher has some pretty good stuff in the finale, I think. Mm in all good yes. things yeah yes. that's that's a good point actually yeah I, I yeah i i feel like it was a bit harsh there just that i i just felt like you know because like you were saying it's picard focus isn't it where but but yeah, yeah. but the characters themselves all the main characters do get do get yeah they they all get a moment i think yeah in some form or another which is really good i mean i think um if you look at deep space nine's finale what you leave behind again there we've got We've got more definitive ending because a lot of them don't stay on Deep Space Nine. But there's a sense that everyone goes off to do new life and their 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 own personal journeys are continuing, and everyone yeah. gets a moment in a definitive, you know, onward path from from there. You know, Worf goes to join Martok in, in the Empire as an ambassador. O'Brien goes to teach. Uh, Cisco goes to become prophet. Kira becomes commander of the station. Um, Bashir and Dax apparently just stay where they are, and Jake stands at a window. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> all right, it doesn't hold true the whole way. Um, 
and it makes more sense, doesn't it? I think I think in a series set in a set in a sort of on a station rather than on a ship, it makes it it feels more perhaps more believable that these characters can literally leave, depart, kind of yeah. move on. And but a, I agree. I mean, yeah. I think I think the DS Nine finale it took all these characters, and at the, and at the point the finale ends, we we. We know we've had it. We, these characters are at a point where they're either moving on or staying, and that feels appropriate. Yeah, and we don't uh, need to see any more of that. But then I, think, I would love to see season eight of DS Nine. So I don't know. <laughs> well, yes, yeah, yeah. And I think what both those and also the Voyager finale do is that you can look back at the pilot of those series and you can look at the finale and see the definitive link. You know, mm-hmm. all good things um, bookends. The, the TNG series with the um, the finale of the trial that Q puts humanity on. Um, but you get to see seven years of growth in the TNG crew come into play directly because the, the time hopping. Um, everything that started off in the pilot of DS9 comes to a head by um, by the finale, you know, the, the wormhole and the gateway to the Gamma Quadrant, the Prophets, the Bajorans and the Kardashians is all in there. And obviously, Voyager is a very set sort of. They get stranded in the Delta Quadrant, and in the final episode, they get home. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Voyager, in in some ways, Voyager had the easiest job. Yeah. <laughs> like in the finale, either they get home or they don't. <laughs> so one of those two things had to happen. Like the story writes itself. <laughs> um. I'm thinking about other other season other series finales that I think would were really good. Uh, I think the I think the Buffy finale uh, mm. was was good actually. Like the it was a, it was a big action ending from what I remember of it. Yeah, and it and it brought to a close Buffy's story. Yeah, mm. without without kind of saying like that's it the you know that universe is over it. it but it was very much a closure of her story, and because she, she wasn't the one slayer anymore, mm. there were there were then many slayers after the finale. Indeed. And I thought I thought that that was a pretty satisfying finale, actually. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then the another big finale I'm thinking of is the Battlestar Galactica finale, See, which I, is I, three hours about, long. Yeah, I've been thinking about that. Yeah. I don't know if I found that satisfying. I, my I, opinion on that varies every time yeah. I watch it. I've seen it quite a few times, <clears throat> and I do, Yeah, I don't but know. But then I just don't know what they could have done. Yeah. The one thing I think they did well in that is that they did. There was a lot of character focus. Yes. Each of the characters' oh, personal some of the characters stories had get some an ending. Beautiful ending. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's. I th- yeah, I think that that sort of goes back to what what Rick was saying like that that's kind of a really key thing that a finale has to do it has to give you a uh, a sense of where those characters end up mm. I think um, yeah mm. to make it feel satisfying I think Battlestar managed that pretty well yeah yeah one Not thing I one it. thing I heard about the Battlestar finale was that originally there was an idea that um, if you haven't watched Battlestar Galactica then uh you know, turn this down or don't listen or listen. Uh, I don't mind. Um, but apparently, the um, because in the finale they they fly the feet into the sun, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I read that there was an idea to for Battlestar Galactica to land on the planet that is Earth, 
and then they'd have a they'd like the, they'd have a kind of ending where uh, it's the the it's discovered by archaeologists. Um, oh yeah, like thousands of years day. later in the present day, yeah. and then. I'm but, glad they didn't do that. Oh, I don't know. I think that could have been kind of cool. Oh no, no, <laughs> no. I'm, an, I'm I'm of two minds. I mean, I would it would. I'm always I'm always up for finding ancient starships oh, now yeah. on Earth, but for Battlestar Galactica, I think the ending was alright. I think I think it ends kind of suggesting that the the cycle is going to repeat itself, um, and it's just a well, cycle yeah. that happens. So, yeah. I think I think what it got right was sort of the emotion of the ending, mm. and I think that's that's also something that that was was right in all good things and in Endgame as well I think the Voyager finale but then I think that is that's what one of the things that doesn't work about these are the voyages because it's um, not an emotional ending for the for the crew of the Enterprise because no, you it's, it's not their story it's, their it's a story. TNG story and that's that is the the basic problem with it. yeah technically they don't appear in it yeah. Yeah, 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 that's it. Yeah, they're not actually Although, there, are they? There's some weird bits. I don't. Uh, the, the, there's some te- technical bits that w- don't work when um, um, Riker affects their story by talking to them. There was some bit when he, he was being the chef and he yeah. was talking to, uh, to Paul, and yeah, because he was basically kind of. Kind of matchmaking, to kind of nudging to Paul yeah. and Trip together. Yeah, yeah, that is so, confusing. And he was Did affecting he... their story, but yeah. of course they weren't actually real. Is yeah. it that he just affected the holodeck program? But then in that case, you have to sit and question. Well, well, wait a minute. What was the point well, of the holodeck? Yeah, because pro- did obviously... that actually happen? Yeah. <laughs> You can you can give a little bit of artistic license that the computer is able to extrapolate character style responses if you ask unusual questions, but the fact mm. that when he said to T'Pol, "Do you ever miss him?" and then later on in the shuttle, um, she she says to uh, Trip, "Chef was asking if I miss you," and they have that discussion. I'm just like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or. Or like, did Riker have a script of what uh, of what the chef had said? Somehow that was all recorded. All of their, and also all of their personal conversations. <laughs> yeah. So he could then. Well, Troy kept saying, yeah. "You have to go to this bit and skip to this bit." Maybe she said, "Oh, and when you the chef talking to to Paul, ask ask her if she misses Trip because that's a secret. That's a secret Easter egg that you have to find." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's completed that game several times. She's like, she's like an enterprise nerd. <laughs> yeah, she's like, if you press start, select, up A, B, up, up at the beginning, <laughs> and you skip straight to the bit with T'Pol. <laughs> um, are we skipping ahead? Um, are we gonna, are we, were we thinking we talk Demons and Terror Prime first? Yeah. Of course, we're skipping ahead because that is <laughs> exactly so what we would always do. <laughs> Why would we not do that? But yes, you're absolutely right. Let's go back to um, Demons and Terror Prime Indeed. a bit, because mm. uh, I, I, I have a similar feeling to to Rick um, Palmer on this in that I think these episodes are good, but I 
don't think I love them as much as a lot of people do. I think, you know, there's there's a general consensus that this would have been a sort of a much better finale. And I think I'd agree with that. I don't know if they're sort of the the best episodes of Enterprise. But is that why people love them so much? Because they are better than what they were actually given as? as a, it's not that they, yeah. are, they hold them up these most amazing episodes. It's that compared to what was the finale, these are way better. <laughs> It's more yeah. based of if you pretended these are the voyages wasn't there, these two are your finale, and as an accidental mm. finale, they're they're pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I I love the episode because this is this is one of the things I really enjoy about Star Trek is, and, and a lot of people get really upset when Star Trek depicts a future that is less than perfect and utopian. But I think episodes, particularly like this one, show that. Utopia is great, but you need to fight to build it and to maintain it. And mm -hmm. it's not going to just, it's not going to happen and then just sail along smoothly. There will always be issues. There will always be problems. Um, and certainly in the initial establishment of this utopia, which Enterprise is very much about, you're going to have to fight these groups that resist it. Um, yeah. And so, so, yeah, the story of, of this two parter is that there is a, it's basically a terrorist group mm. who are, um, xenophobic, yeah. um, hate, moon, hate, hate, moon Nazis. Moon yeah, Nazis. they are moon Nazis. <laughs> Which, you uh, know, I mean, I, you have to, you have to, one thing I have to credit Demons and Terror Prime with is that it does have moon Nazis. <laughs> and not only that, but they're led by Robocop. Yeah, um, he's a, he's, yeah. um, uh, he's the kind of the saving grace of that character, I think. His, his performance saves that character, I think. Oh. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. Paul, Paul yeah. Uh, has, has it, I mean, he I, has a lot of monologuing, and he, he yeah, I, you need someone who can pull that off, and he yeah. does. I mean, I, 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 I agree. I think, I think there is that there's there's some interesting stuff in these episodes. I, I just feel like it's there was a, there was more potential to kind of go into the to the kind of the themes that they wanted to explore, and I, and I, I just think that. In terms of the story, there are there are certain points that I just feel that Terra, Terra Prime could have been dealt with in a more sort of succinct fashion. Because um, at the very beginning of the episode, they're given something which I think would be a huge help. There, I mean, they're given a sample of of so for the in the episode, it turns out that Terra Prime have con they've cloned a Vulcan human hybrid from the DNA of Trip and Topol. Mm. And they intend to use this very cute baby. <laughs> Again, a bit of a flaw in their plan. Uh, <laughs> a, a very cute baby to kind of represent the dangers of humanity intermingling with aliens because it will ultimately mean, they believe it will mean the destruction of, of our race through... Through you know through, into through having ba having babies with aliens, yeah, um, yeah. Um, but I, I just feel like you know they've got a they've got a sample of this but of this from this child um, that proves it's created, not not natural. And mm. I, I, just, I just wonder about the power of the power of information in this world. If if you have if you have proof if you have proof that this baby that Paxton created um 
Peter Weller's character, it, 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 it just seems odd that they go, well, because there's a point in the episode where 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 Paxton reveals his trump card, the the, the baby, the cute baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, look at this cute baby. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. terrifying. Everyone's going to lose their shit about how cute that baby is. Do not be deceived. This is no ordinary innocent child. This is an alien human hybrid, living proof of what will happen if we allow ourselves to be submerged in an interstellar coalition. But they have evidence that it's a, it's been made in a lab. Mm. Um, yeah, and, and I know that he has the he goes not to jump ahead, but he he takes his Nazi moon base to Mars, and and gets a giant gun <laughs> again, which is pretty cool. Um, but I I just feel like it was there was a lot in the plot that that didn't kind of make sense, and considering the theme, considering yeah. the themes at hand. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm of two minds because, in some ways, it felt kind of fun. Like it has fun elements, like moon Nazis and flying moon bases and going to Mars and having a giant laser gun. But then also you have this kind of quite serious stuff, which is about you know, which ultimately will define whether the Federation gets created or not. And it just it, it, those two things I didn't think married up quite well. I, I think I'd agree with that because there, there are some elements of it of the story that are a little bit daft, and they and they sort of take away from like some of the more serious mm. parts of it. I, I I think you're right about the Paxton's cute baby plan because cute, it's yeah. that that was something we we both thought was ridiculous, didn't gone. we, Jeremy? He, the cute baby had already turned two of his own people against him. <laughs> yes, so, yeah. adorable. Yeah. <laughs> So he shows, yeah, he shows this image. Who he, who he arranges to have clumsily murdered? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, look, look, look upon this image, and you will see what what it's humanity all become yeah. mixed with aliens, and it's adorable. <laughs> it's like, why didn't he kind of breed some kind of like horrifying Hideous human monster. mutant yeah. that's like eighty years old and like yeah. I don't know, bleeding out of its eyes or something? <laughs> <laughs> That would have made his point really well, but he didn't. <laughs> the cutest thing he could. That's what Surely I was thinking I as well. I was, I was, I found my, I found myself thinking this guy's evil plan isn't very good. Like I'm sure I could yeah. think of a better evil plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because I was, I mean, I was thinking right. Gun a bit though as well. If he's, if he's worried that humanity will die out as a species because of interbreeding uh, with aliens. 100 years after we've encountered aliens, 100 years of meeting other races, and he still had to make one. No one else has had sex with an alien and produced a baby yet. He had to make yeah. his own. That they, that they wound up to. Yeah. I mean, trip pregnant that one time, but <laughs> exactly, they, they yeah. don't mention that. No, they don't. I guess, to be fair, that actually would have played in, in Paxton's favour if he'd have brought it. In fact, he should have played that episode. <laughs> Instead of getting the cute, doing the cute baby plan. Play, yeah. play that episode where Trick gets pregnant and then go like, come on, guys, huh? Do you want this to happen? Dudes, yeah. am I right? <laughs> but he didn't do that. And then he flies to Mars and gets a huge Mars gun, we which can easily target Earth, but no one's bothered to, I don't know, put like a lock on it or something. There's not even a password. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, it just kind of grabs it. Like it, it, his moon base has like a claw, and his claw just yeah. grabs the power supply. And go, we got the we got the the big Mars gun. <laughs> Deploy the take never a gun claw. <laughs> I was thinking, who else is there? Because that that gun is really. I mean, that gun is powerful enough to to blast Earth. Mm. Um, why is why is there no one there to stop someone from just taking it, it over? <laughs> And this is before That's... the Federation. This is before La La, everyone's happy and we all love each other. This yeah. is, you know, this is proto-humanity going into space. Yeah. Mm. But so. but on, on you know, look, looking at the positives of this episode, I, I am in agreement with Rick, with the other Rick. <laughs> and I, I like it when Star Trek tackles this idea of... of of a utopia and kind of mm. challenge and actually this is this is something that enterprise is really well placed to do because mm. the federation doesn't exist yet mm. so it was able to tell a story about how well okay well before we had this the federation and before everyone was was in agreement about how things should be this this happened you know mm. humans were jerks mm. there was a whole bunch of humans who were who were jerks one day <laughs> And they would, yeah, they were fascists. Once upon a time, and, yeah. And I, I like, yeah. I liked that, and that, that I, I thought it was, um, I thought it was a good story in in that respect. Well, I mean, it, you could have done the Terra Prime storyline without the baby. Paxton could have just screened yeah, a whole yeah. bunch of chosen images regarding the Zindi attack, regarding other missions where Enterprise had come under attack, um, and things like that. And just said, you know, this is dangerous. We what we don't, we want we need to be safe on our own. And he could have done it that way. I think the baby storyline is more to service Trip and to Paul. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I, I would I would agree yeah. there. And if anything, I think that is another reason that I felt it sort of it it didn't have that feeling of a of a finale. Mm. It felt more like a Trip and to Paul focused episode. Well, in in the plainest possible way, you you can't do a good upbeat finale where you essentially have a baby die at the end. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge downer. Yeah, and a and guy so commits that... sui- and a guy commits suicide as well. Yeah, which is kind yeah. of brutal. In, um, yeah, yeah, on the flip side of that, actually, I I did think <laughs> that the that the uh, those sort of emotional scenes with Trip and Topol and the and the baby. Um, like some of the best scenes in in this two-parter, actually. Turns out there was a a flaw in the technique that Paxson's doctors used in the cloning process. <clears throat> Human DNA and Vulcan DNA. Vox says there's no medical reason why they can't combine. So, if a Vulcan and a human ever decided to have a child, it'd probably be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I thought, you know, they, they were really well acted and quite affecting. And because there was so much going on with the moon Nazis, they actually... They they didn't dwell too much on that story. They mm. sort of told it quite economically, and it, and um, I, I I liked that. About and that was more it. emotional in a way. It wasn't. It yeah. 
mm. labour them too much. I just no, kind of always, I, yeah. I always felt that, I always knew that, um, even, I mean, I know I've watched it before, so I knew it, but I never got the, I never got the sense that Terror Prime would win. No. Uh, yeah. and, I, yeah. I think, and I think with it, that kind of storyline, at least there has to be a point at which um, the bad guy or the, the yeah, the bad guy yeah. seems like they wouldn't. I mean, I a great finale, going back to that, I would say is um, Infinity War, uh, Avengers of Infinity War and Endgame. Those, yeah, two, those, two, those two movies are a brilliant yeah. end to that 22 movie run of that first set, the first three phases of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and in the and in uh, you know in Infinity War, Thanos is the is the protagonist, um, and he wins in that first film, like he he, yeah. he achieves a victory, and I think you know I think the idea of Terra Prime is great. I just don't think we get enough time with them, and they come across as a bit hokey and kind of a bit sort of B movie, and whereas mm-hmm. whereas what they represent is actually something that that it, you know, kind of is always always there, often under the surface, often above the surface, and I, you know, I mean, it's it's easy to go back and think about how it could have been done differently. Mm. I, I think mm. I think it would have been good to have Terra Prime as, as a sort of an enemy that a threat that kind of because they had that episode earlier on where there was xenophobia after the Zindi attack, mm. um, which they referenced. To be fair. Um, but yeah. it would have been good to have Terra Prime as something in the background, and then, yeah, and, and have more time with, and I, and maybe even have a character on Enterprise that we know be a sympathizer, explore, explore these yeah. sympathies to these ideas. Yeah, I thought that I, I, I thought they really missed trick with uh, the sympathizer on the ship. They had it be, mm. you know, the the the, the mole in the. Uh, yeah, ship. definitely. Be someone that you didn't know. That you didn't, you've never met before. That you well, don't I, care I th- about. I thought that he had showed up a few times. No, but he's not a person guy. that you've heard speak. And a the um, the I hadn't him. seen him. I, the because initially they think it's is it Kelby the engineer. Yeah. So yeah. initially they think it's Kelby. We've seen Kelby before because he was chief engineer when Trip was on the Columbia for. A, he was yeah, so two episodes. That would have had more <laughs> impact because at least we've seen him a little bit. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, imagine if it was actually one of the. Crew that you knew, Tra- yeah. Travis. Right? Oh my god! If it'd been Mayweather, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would have been amazing. But yeah, and that would have made Gannett, and that would have made Gannett's storyline even better because she. What if, what if Travis had revealed to her that he was the he was the mole, and like you Ooh, never saw it, you yeah. never. Mm. And he kills. Like, he... You're, so, you're so boring. How could you? <laughs> yeah. That was my plan the whole time. Yeah, imagine if then he was suddenly really charismatic (laughs) and OTT. (laughs) And it turned out he'd been acting really boring (laughs) for like four seasons. Nobody noticed him. (laughs) Oh, that's mean on Mayweather, isn't it? It's not his fault. No, I mean, it's not his fault. He's poorly written. Yeah, he was never written to the potential of the character because he, he did have a high character potential. He's. Amongst mm-hmm. all the crew, he was the one who was born in space. He had the most space experience. A belter. He was, he was a the belter. the one character yeah. who was a belter. And, yeah, and they just, yeah, they just never gave him much to do. So in, in this episode, he does get a, a fair bit more screen time than we used to. But in, it's still in quite a, boring. 
Just get jiggy on. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what the kids say these days, (laughs) don't they? But uh, yeah, it's a weirdly pointless story, I thought, because he he gets involved with a journalist, and there's a lot of screen time where there are two actors who don't have any chemistry Mm. in in some very mildly fruity scenes. (laughs) And then it turns out that she. Actually, they well, they find out that there's a mole. There's yeah, like a mole on board the ship. Yeah. yeah, a Terra Prime. Not a not so, a not a not a space mole. Like a a, <laughs> a, a, a spy keeps digging through the deck plates. Yeah. There, could, there could be. I mean, I, I imagine there are like space moles in Star Trek and and mole people, mole aliens. Yeah, yeah. But they they stick her in the brig. Uh, but then it turns out she digs out. She digs out. She digs out. She digs out of that. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Archer's really annoyed because there's like molehills all over his lawn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and she says, "Oh, actually, I'm I'm a member of Starfleet um, intelligence." Yeah, Ha-ha-ha-ha. she's like Section Thirty One. Uh, although I have pin. absolutely no proof. No, she's not Section Thirty One. No, that's. I right. have no proof of this, and I can I cannot give you any any proof. But yeah. I'm but here I am. To <laughs> I am. And her, after that, because she slams like, the door, and that is that's her proof. She, but after she hits the door, yeah, she does. Yeah. I work for Starfleet Intelligence. That's not possible. You are not the only one who wants to serve his people. If you were an SI agent, you'd be out of this brig with one call to your division head. And everyone on Enterprise would know who I am, including the real Terra Prime operative. After about four hours of, of this story, she eventually just says something offhand to, to, trip, uh, to, to Mayweather about how maybe there is... Maybe the mole, there is a mole on board. And then he finds something But then, but then he the... says, ha, huh, no. Yeah. And then leaves. But then he finds something on a sort of routine check of a shuttlecraft that I think he would have found anyway. Well, it's no, but it's no, it's not a routine check. It's after the event. It's after their their shuttlecraft has been sabotaged, uh, okay, and they yeah. and and he he does some great flying and saves everybody, and then he gets back to the ship, and then they investigate what had been done to the mm. ship. Yeah, and then they find out that it's um, yeah. a member of the the engineering crew so, so if and then gannett, they find the engineering the so, guy. so if gannett hadn't have been in the story we n- nothing, nothing would have played would have out differently yeah. <laughs> well we wouldn't have seen a cheeky flash of bra in the first part no I well that's yeah. maybe where they were sort of trying to go with that mainly i tell you i, I, I mean tell you ironically really annoys me. recently no we haven't <laughs> let's, let's yeah. get it in there <clears throat> yeah let's show a lady in her bra <laughs> I think what really angered me about the Gannett storyline is the point where she calls Travis down to the brig and she says, okay, I'm, some, I'm from Starfleet Intelligence. And he's like, well, you could just call your supervisor and get you out of here in five seconds. But then the mole enterprise would know I was onto him. It's like, A, you're not being very effective in the brig and catching him, so what's the problem anyway? <laughs> her, her entire reason for that is because she's worried about Travis getting hurt. And it's just like so. Like, oh, great! So here we are. With we, we're showing this. This woman turns up, and she's actually turns out to be 
you know, mm. a Starfleet intelligence person. And is she going to show this strong, capable skill set that makes her a professional intelligent? No, she's going to be a bit worried about a boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> that's Fuck true. off. I mean, <laughs> so disappointing. And also, it, also, if that character had actually been a journalist, then she'd be in the place, she'd have the evidence that Terra Prime were full of shit and the adorable baby was, was, a, was made in the lab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then that could be that could be, you know, that Pax, Paxton's whole thing. I mean, he still have the Mars gun, but but his his whole argument would be would fall fall down, I suppose, wouldn't it? Yeah. Or he'd be discredited his play, at least. His play is that he's going to fire the Mars gun on Earth if all of the aliens don't leave. Mm. Um, which I don't know. I guess. It, I, as far as as far as plans go, I, I just feel like it's not. Yeah, he's not thinking long term. Yeah, <laughs> I've got. Yeah, what about you know? There's a lot of there's a lot of admin in that. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, well, how's he going to be absolutely sure that all of the aliens? Oh have no, gone no, and... he knows that they won't go, and he's going to fire it anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah. But how long was he thinking he was going to hold on to that gun for? <laughs> surely they just like. Well, he got it easy enough. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Yeah, it was absolutely uh, no problem to get it. You can't, you can't pull that cord mean, off. I, <laughs> I mean, the the gun the gun is on the gun is on the ground, isn't it? It's not a space gun. No, yeah. Yeah. So I mean oh, Mars yeah. Mars spins on its axis, so isn't there a point and at which it's facing away from Earth? Plus there's a <laughs> yeah. there there must be a we have different there will be a point where he's way too far away from Earth as yeah, well. Yeah. Not only is he facing away, he's like so many light years away from Earth. So it's gonna be like right. That's a very so good point, Rick. You go in seven months' time when I come back in rain, there's <laughs> not any aliens on Earth. <laughs> Um, although I definitely don't, I haven't really thought about how I'm going to check that. <laughs> it's it's remarkable to... that they've made a warp five engine, considering nobody understands space at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Not even Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I feel like we've been really hard on these episodes, but these are is... the ones we like. These are the ones we like. Yeah, wait till we. <laughs> I think if I can put in a plus point where I think that this does have effectiveness as a finale, it's the um, it's the signing of the little coalition treaty. Because I think that is where we go back to what was Enterprise's mission statement. It's to show us the, the first stages of the Federation being built. So I think that definitely works. And that is a good moment. I think between I think between yeah. these episodes and the actual finale, some of the story we get in the actual finale, you probably got a good finale. It's just there's not enough in any of them to to really serve as a proper finale. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and... I like. Sorry, you go, Rick. I was, I was, in fairness to Demons and Terror Prime, it was never intended as a finale. Yeah, mm. that's true. So, I mean, yeah. um... I think I think that it has a lot of elements that feel like a finale because we are building to that first step step towards the Federation, um, and both overcoming our own uh, prejudice and bias in the Terra Prime represent, and in forging that first treaty. Um, but it's it wasn't intended to be. It, so yeah. we're putting a lot on it by saying it's a better it's better as the finale because that's kind of it's not really what it was ever meant to be. So. 
No. And that's there's, just no, there's no scheming with Terra Prime. There's no there's no kind of manipulative evil. There's no there's no getting your enemy to do the very thing you want them to do. You know, like it's Terra Prime are pretty brazen. They're like, We're moon Nazis. <clears throat> Sod off aliens, we're we're gonna blow up the earth. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean I mean planet. We're gonna shoot at our own planet until you bloody That's aliens. how much we hate aliens. We're gonna <laughs> blow up earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, right in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. And and then uh, an yeah. enterprise and then sod off. <laughs> yeah. But the sort of clever kind of plan that the good guys have is just fly to Mars and fight the baddies. <laughs> get that gun back. Which they, they do with like four people. Yeah. <laughs> but I really, really like the sequence where they um they take the shuttlecraft and they um yeah. they kind of fly behind that comet. That's great. Uh to sort of kind of stealthily get down to Mars and it like it's exciting and it it looks pretty cool mm-hmm. um, and it's a cool fun sci-fi idea yeah and I thought I thought that's really good and I and I, I really I actually really like um, Archer's speech at the end that sort of setting up the Federation I thought it was really well written and yeah really well delivered um, you know it kind of gets you in the feels a little bit the final frontier begins in this hall. Let's explore it together. And 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 yeah, I think that all the the stuff with Trip and Tapol's baby, although it's we've pointed out all the things about that that are silly. Thing is, think it's a pretty emotional story, and it's. Mm pretty devastating when the when the baby dies mm-hmm. i think it's nice they they sort of got a story and yeah in last episode. i think yeah, that is a good than... story but it's it's maybe not a good story for terra prime <laughs> yeah yeah i think that was the problem pairing that story with terra prime was where that kind of felt a little yeah. bit forced and unwieldy yeah they could have yeah that actually would have been a really nice story to have somewhere embedded in the series for another mm. reason there's mm. you know, they got I, cl- uh, 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 transporter accident there you go a classic, baby was made classic track um yeah yeah classic track setup uh transporter accident on the on the third <laughs> the third like pad uh, uh, yeah baby yeah. gets created from their dna and they or have to- one of dr flox's pets gets out and <laughs> he kind of bites them both, and it's one of and, and, and it it's one of those That's aliens really. that bites people and then makes a baby from them. <laughs> yes. Uh-oh. Why does this always happen? It's yeah. It's funny, and that that sort of that sort of one line pitch. I was like, that sounds like an episode of Enterprise, though. Right? <laughs> that not an episode. <laughs> I mean, I, I think an Enterprise finale. I would have liked to have a happy. You know, a, a nice ending for to, for Trip and to Paul. I I like those characters. It I was, think they're good together. Yeah, that would it have was been a nice ending for them, though, wasn't it? Because there was a sense that they had a future. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I I just mean that I just mean that if I was if I could have the finale I wanted with Enterprise, it that that maybe that baby would have survived. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That would be nice. I mean, yeah. If we could choose, 
the baby will always survive. Oh yeah, yeah you never yeah. Baby. <laughs> choice. <laughs> and uh, someone, some more unnecessary um, laying into this two-parter, but the like some some of the some of the production values, I I thought weren't weren't brilliant. Like some of the sets and the, didn't look all the that mining great. Equipment. The mining equipment. Yeah, yeah we were. We were we, we, I think we even had to pause it and to have a talk about the mining <laughs> equipment we watched, didn't we, Gemma? Because we were we like, did. this mine is so busy. It's like, have you ever seen so a mine with so many people in it? What's what all this stuff they've got? Yeah, right? to be fair, it wasn't only a mine, it was a front That's for right. Terra Prime. So it's like, well, we've got all these Terra Prime guys, we've got to pretend that they're all miners. So what can we... Uh, oh, uh, we, the light, the shining, the light on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, but there were aliens there, though, wasn't it? So it, it was a, it was a, it was an operational. It seemed like it was an operational facility. Like, it was, mm. but also like they had lots of people to give busy work to. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, why, why are people still moving rocks by hand in the twenty twenty second century? Like, isn't there, isn't there a more? I mean, isn't there a, a more advanced way now of? Mining, moon, mi- moon mining, moon mining. Yeah, well, you'd think so, but it, it it diverted all of the mining research and development into a special claw that could take over a laser and consistently <laughs> target one planet despite orbiting away from it. So, and he turned, and he, yeah, he turned his mining facility into a spaceship as well. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. That is a cool yeah. moment, though, when you realise his mining facility is actually a spaceship. Yeah, that is cool. It is. It looks cool as well. Like. It is, uh, it is. Cool, but in a universe where there are loads of spaceships, it, it's—is it that cool? Ha It's actually a spaceship. Well, couldn't you have just got a yeah, spaceship? Yeah, loads of spaceships. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> it's got a, a spaceship. It's a dynamo dozen. <laughs> yeah, but you know, your base is secretly a spaceship. It's yeah, it's better than yeah, a regular spaceship. He is a, there is a lot of um, he is a um, Paxton is a he's basically a Bond villain, isn't he? I would say. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah, that's it. He is a Bond. Villain. Um, yeah. I do. So I very... do think he is. Like we were talking before, I do think he is. The character is saved by um, Peter Weller's performance. Yeah, definitely. Otherwise, yeah. Um, I, I, I did chuckle to myself a bit when, um, uh, when his second in command comes in and he's just watching a, a like his a clip show of, of Colonel Green. <laughs> like you, sister. <laughs> we will pass on the scars of mutation and decay to future generations. Colonel Green. Colonel Green. One of the many men history has misunderstood. For the sake of our children and our children's children, we must reject the impure and cast it out. It's all who, and I just realised this, Colonel Green. He's almost a, a Cluedo character. <laughs> like he's, yeah. he's 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 like if Colonel Mustard and Reverend Green had a had a baby, a, a fake baby engineered by Capaxon, <laughs> <Yeah>. ironically, <laughs> that would be Colonel Green. Yeah. I don't think yeah. Colonel Mustard's first name is Colonel. <laughs> are you sure though? <laughs> Isn't are you sure? <laughs> Um, yeah, I've, so, I've also um, just realised when you said about Peter Weller's performance that earlier in the podcast I referred to him as Paul Weller. <laughs> yeah. but no one noticed. I'm going to stand by that because he runs a mining facility which basically involves going underground. 
Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice, like nice. It. Yeah, that's, that's a pun that's helped me out of a jam. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, you went too far. <laughs> How long have you been thinking of that, Rick? I, I planned it about three weeks ago. Um, <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he? Um, do you think he can? Sort of, do you think he can sort of say a style council when he gets his suits? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he does. Dude, in lockdown, you're lucky. I'm wearing trousers. <laughs> I don't remember that single. <laughs> I'm not wearing trousers. You're not wearing trousers. No one's wearing trousers. <laughs> No one's wearing trousers. That's it. <laughs> I mean, you have to see it perform live. It's it's flipping. It's. Um, we're saying we were talking about Star Trek, weren't we? Yeah. One one thing I forgot to say is that in the season one finale in Babylon Five, there is the reveal that Garibaldi's second in command is a uh, is a baddie. And he shoots him in the back. Oh yeah, uh, that, that's a good example of where, and that that character had been in like a fair few episodes. Mm, he had, but that was recognisable. He had lines. Yeah, that was a good example of where a show can do a bit of a rug pull with a character. Mm. And um, I mean that you know they'd really planned ahead with that story. Um, whereas Enterprise was was more sort of episodic, mm. but still, yeah. Although I kind of feel, because we we talked about how there was um, examples of xenophobia after the Zindi mission earlier in season four, which were referenced, I kind of wonder if they maybe had Terra Prime in mind when they wrote that, or at least a rough idea of where they were going to go with it. Yeah. But well, yeah. One thing I like about that episode is that is it does make those sort of callbacks to um, the Zindi war and how um, how there's been big. Uh, increase in you know membership for Terra Prime since that that all felt really realistic yeah. and really I, relevant. I think as well. it, it's the sort of thing that would provoke a certain feeling in that direction in certain pe- in certain people, isn't it? for definite. So I I love how it depicted the beginning of the um of uh, the Federation uh, not as easygoing as you were probably everyone probably believed you know not everybody wanted it yeah, from the, yeah. you know basically not everybody wanted it and they all probably you know the same as brexit people had their own reasons maybe not everyone was a fascist yeah i mean in season but in season three of enterprise uh trip is pretty xenophobic i mean he yeah. he loses his, i mean he loses his sister so yeah you can kind yeah. of understand um but but yeah, I mean that that's India attack. Um, you it would it would it's absolutely a, uh, an event that would polarize attitudes to aliens. I mean, yeah, and you kind of had, and it depends on. Sorry, sorry, Rick. I was going to say you must have had people on Earth literally waiting a year, not knowing if a Zindi death machine is going to appear in orbit and destroy them any mm. second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, that's, that's a very a, tense year. 
Mm, yeah. Definitely. I mean, we we don't know we don't know much about Earth at that point, do we? I mean, the kind of yeah. I don't. I feel like I mean, was there a was there a one world government at that point? I United Earth is it? Yeah, there's United Earth by that point. Mm. Yeah, but I mean, it, yeah, I mean Earth Earth. We don't considering considering Star Trek is you know mostly features a lot of humans. We we don't really know much about. What Earth's like? No, we don't. We don't. No. I mean, it's a space-based show, so they, are, to be fair, they're often away from Earth. But you know, I mean, we that... don't know what. What I mean, I, I can't. I can't imagine that that Earth's kind of been fully, fully healed after even after World War Three, which in the Star Trek timeline is, you know, hundreds of. Well, in the most recent, in like TNG, World War Three was hundreds of years ago. Mm. But we don't know what cities were rebuilt and what cities were just kind of lost to nuclear. Because it was a nuclear war, wasn't it? So yeah, oh yeah, can't, you, you can't yeah. kind of you, well, unless you have the technology, you can't really clean that up quickly. But it's it's so, interesting because there was oft, there was often talked about plans in Front Prize's first season to be set largely on Earth and them not to really get into space until near the end of the season. And it kind of like that would have been a great opportunity to explore an Earth a hundred years after that war, and yeah. how, how much has rebuilt? How what's the state of play in, for people? Have they recovered? Uh, yeah, well, that that was something I really enjoyed about Picard that we we did get a fair bit mm. of time on it. In those mm. first three episodes, we learned a lot about what Earth was like, yeah. which we'd never really seen before. No. But um, I mean, the nearest we've come to seeing Earth. During a crisis, is that DS9 two-parter um, when the um, when Cisco's admiral friend tries to take over the government with a coup by yeah, faking yeah. a changeling attack? But it's kind of fascinating. Like, what was it like on Earth, say, during Best of Both Worlds, when you got a ball cube barreling through space towards you? You know, yeah, a planet of shit scared people. I mean, yeah, but does does start does 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 that information get get given to the populace? I mean, how much information? Well, yeah. I mean, I mean, is how free is the media? <laughs> yeah, I mean, are they gonna are they gonna are they gonna tell you? Are they gonna are they really gonna tell people mm. that a certain doom I... is coming? Yeah, that's a good point. Or are they gonna, you know, play it down? You know, they, they'll, they'll never come here. We'll <laughs> stop it. Yeah, Bye. yeah. Bye. Yeah. But yeah, that's that big fleet we're massing nearby is is is, is purely routine. <laughs> They're just going to set off some fireworks uh, for, the, for the annual Federation Day. Yeah, that, yeah, that everyone been, must celebrate. everyone must celebrate. But, yeah. but with the, in the terms of the Zindi attack, you can't hide that. There's a massive yeah. trench lasered from down Florida that people are going to know happened. So. I don't know why Paxton didn't just instead of showing pictures of a cute baby, we, why didn't he just show loads of pictures of the Zindi mm. and go, "Remember these guys from last year? Oh, Jeff, <laughs> they were they were aliens." Yeah. So well, you look know. at this. Well, look at this baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Put the baby away. I packed them. I do not get the baby out. It's so cute. Yeah, the his baby. Little, his little tiny ears. Uh, uh, there's a baby. His cute little, his little chubby cheeks. 
Uh, it was a girl. We could, yeah, <laughs> it was a girl. <laughs> An idea I had that would have been good, like, and sort of, and still shun the, the Terra Prime is kind of hypocritical, is that if if Paxton had sort of had an arrangement with um, the Suliban, and because the Suliban are shapeshifters, basically, they can mm. form different, they can assume different forms and have Suliban pose as aliens, kind of causing problems on Earth and use that as evidence of, um, against, against what, the, the, the idea for a federation. But why would the Superman do that? Well, I don't know. I mean, that's what I got to think about in my Shits pitch. and giggles. <laughs> yeah, like maybe, yeah, maybe there are maybe there are like aliens that maybe there. Ironically, maybe there's aliens that don't want to interact with other aliens. Well, but, yeah, but, but but in doing so, they interact with other aliens, so they don't have to <laughs> yeah. interact with other aliens. So there's like an anti federation. Yeah, uh, yeah. like, you yeah. don't like me, and I don't like you. But, so but, we, we, but, we, but we agree that we don't but what we do agree on is that we don't want our races mixing with each other so let's mix with each other so we don't have to mix with each other right yeah right I suppose that's that's a little bit like what happens in star trek 6 mm, in a way because there are, there are uh, humans and klingons mm. in on that conspiracy to sort of make sure that the the treaty doesn't happen yeah. isn't there yeah yeah but yeah one one thing we were thinking about when we watched this episode was that that they seem to make a real point that Terra Prime is made up of a lot of different, like people of lots of different ethnic backgrounds. Mm. Um, yeah, humans of lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. humans. Not Humanity aliens, but... as a whole. Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting because because I, I think you know you had a lot of people kind of moan about things being. Uh, uh, open quotation fingers, woke close quotation fingers, where which I which I which to me means kind of uh, like like obviously uh, a sort of trying hard. yeah yeah tr- trying hard to cover all the like not to offend anyone yeah. and cover all the bases to make everything inclusive, but by mm. doing that you're making it too obvious. That, that you're doing that it, if you're doing, like yeah. making it sort of tokenism, yeah. If you know what I mean, yeah. But I, but I think this was a great example of making sure that there were a lot of the, like the, the the casting. There, there are a lot of different actors of, of different ethnic backgrounds mm. in the organisation Terra Prime, yeah. To make it clear that this was a this was an organisation where. It, like, I mean, it was a fascist, xenophobic organization, yeah. but it was xenophobic against non-humans. Yeah. So any anything that was any one that was human was yeah was like all 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 sort of creeds and and yeah. um, different kinds of people and and different back- everyone could Do come it. together, yeah. forget about their differences, and just hate the shit out of aliens. Yeah, exactly. That, that's a, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful um, idea, isn't it? That you can, yeah. everybody of, of any creed or <laughs> sexuality or personal yeah, preference yeah. can come together and hate something else. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, you know, let's have a, tra- a, a trans woman holding hands with a white supremacist <laughs> with his arm around a Chinese guy who's 
kissing, a, a, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, go on and on and on. a Caribbean guy, <laughs> and they all just fucking hate aliens. Yeah. <laughs> think in the meetings that there was ever a point when someone said, do you know what, hang on, guys, wasn't there way back when a time when you and and you would have tried to kill me <laughs> because we're different and we all get on now so <laughs> well i mean it's not the first time that star trek's pulled this shit um star trek six so you have um admiral cartwright early in star trek six uh played by brock peters uh, he declares the Klingons would become the alien trash of the galaxy. And apparently, um, Brock Peters had massive trouble saying that line. He, he really didn't want to say it because of the connotations around racism and, uh, and the, the picture it depicted. Mm. And to have an, a, a Starfleet Admiral say such a thing, uh, for him, that was massively uncomfortable. And they had a huge amount of trouble getting that line out in any way that was, you know, conveyed what the script writers, uh, writers had been trying to get and the director wanted. Mm. Later on, there was a line that Uhura was supposed to say something along the lines of referring to a Klingon, but would you want your daughter to marry one? And she refused. Nichelle Nichols refused, flatly refused to say it because it was a horrendously fucking racist line. And, you know, of, yeah. of course, she, she was not going to partake in that. Um I mean, then when you look, sort of look, you think flipping out because actually quite a few things did fly by, um, and there's some fairly uncomfortable depictions. And anyhow, I know I, I champion um, Star Trek showing that utopia, achieving utopia is one thing, maintaining it is another. But I think there was there was some areas in Star Trek Six where we really skirted dangerously close to our heroes who are supposed to embody those values and champion those values kind of starting to fall below um yeah yeah but like particularly kirk in certain moments mm. i think in star trek six so i think in terms of as as, as you raised the point that we have a very varied um a very very rare, varied set of people for this it's kind of i don't know i mean particularly in the backdrop of the time when we're recording this mm. it's yeah. a little uncomfortable yeah. isn't it yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like Kirk's hatred is just born of That's born of resentment though, but on personal experience. Yeah. Like his son is murdered by a Klingon in Star Trek Three and I d I don't think that Kirk's malice towards the Klingons is based in sort of bigotry. I think it's 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 more it's more. I mean, whatever it is, is is bigotry is bigotry. I mean, it can come from many different sources. Yeah, maybe not racism then. Like it's bigotry. There is a point where he's kind of blaming all Klingons for the actions of one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the key part. But I guess you you understand why you understand where that feeling has come from. Because of, because of what's happened, and uh, yeah, I mean, that. like going back to those those episodes, Terra Prime and Demons. I I, I thought it, it was actually like a like a reasonably important story point that they make sure that Terra Prime was made up of all sorts of different mm. people from different ethnic backgrounds. It it was like it was an important that sort of casting decision was 
it was really good. Like they, mm. they kind of needed to show that this this was that the, it doesn't matter what your background is, you can still have prejudice against. Yeah, uh, you can be xenophobic. It's just, it's just, um, it's, 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 it's yeah. interesting. There's a point in in those episodes where where Trip and Topol go undercover. Um, but it would have been fun maybe to have a scene where Trip is kind of he, he Trip goes to a meeting like a Terra Prime meeting. Yeah, why yeah. it would have been fun to have him say, "Well, um, hi, I'm Trip," and everyone goes, "Hi, Trip, <laughs> I'm I'm new to the group." I just want to not to be like I mean I'm new so I don't know how to how this all works but um, but but this guy here like he's clearly um, he he's clearly probably like Chinese sorry if that not to be offensive but um, you got this guy is black this guy is you know he's white so aren't we all different mm. um, so isn't it weird that we're all different but we agree on disliking this kind of higher level of difference and everyone's like boo <laughs> yeah. and then someone would be like wait a minute aren't you you yeah. aren't you that trip guy from enterprise like you're <laughs> you're reasonably famous because you're on like the sort of flagship of the <laughs> federation you're really recognizable yeah why are you under? Why did you why think you, you could come undercover without mining? a disguise? <laughs> yeah, like you you're one of the world's right, most recognizable <laughs> men. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would. It, I, I guess if they tried to have that scene, it would have, it would have kind of stopped the flow of the episode. The, <laughs> yeah. Okay, but it is. It is funny that there's a group of diverse people who are against. Then, yeah, like we were talking yeah, about, that, that kind of next level is. But I suppose the idea is that they don't see themselves as diverse; they see themselves yeah. as human. Yeah, yeah. But that, that would have yeah. been a that would have been an interesting thing to. And I guess they, like you say, well, they did they did try and at least kind of suggest that they. Yeah. Um, they don't. They don't, they don't sort of get into it. I suppose from a story point of view, but, but they show it. do they show it? Yeah, yeah. they show it. And I, I, I thought that was that was something interesting about this episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, should we? I feel like we've probably um, ripped into uh, demons and Terra Prime hard enough. Mm. Should we? Should we move on to these are the voyages and and. And, and show our listeners how we really riff into an episode. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Because you know we actually quite like demons and terrifying. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. And guys, what do you think about the timing of? Should we should we call this a part one and then yes, do a part I two? Because so. I, I think I think we're going to have yeah. a good 45, 50 minutes to an hour of um, ripping into these are the voyages. I'd say probably. At least forty-five minutes of that will be talking about other things that aren't Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> but the running time will be, yeah, probably another hour. You're right. Yeah, thank you very much for listening, guys. We we decided that we've we've talked for quite a while about Demons and Terror Prime, so we're going to take a break here, and we're going to uh, come back for part two, where we're going to talk about these are the voyages, the actual finale of Enterprise. So. Hope you've enjoyed this first part and please join us for part two.
Thank you and goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Do you realize how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed that bum? What? That bum. Oh no! I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loweredexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10backward podcast. You can also email us at crew at loweredexradio.co.uk. On a personal, individual level, my Twitter is at Will Turland. Rick Everson's Twitter is at TrekFanRick. And Rick Palmer's Twitter is at Mr. Imhotep. Hi, thank you again for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, you might consider supporting us. We have now have a Patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund our ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash loweredexradio uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us we would love it if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcasts through iTunes, Stitcher Google Play or we're on various third party apps and if you could leave us a review on any of those that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the 10 Backward Crew. Let's make sure history never forgets the name. 10 Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? 10 Backward. 10 Backward. Do not be deceived. This is no ordinary innocent child. This is an alien-human hybrid living proof of what will happen if we allow ourselves to be submerged in an interstellar coalition. <laughs>